0: Welcome everyone to the Business Law Roundtable. I'm Denise Vail from Buckhalter. On December 27, 2020, the most recent stimulus bill was passed into law. In addition to providing $900 billion in stimulus, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021 also includes several temporary amendments to the Bankruptcy Code. Today we're going to talk about the amendments to the Bankruptcy Code which impact preference actions. Those amendments are designed to encourage companies and landlords to work with their customers and tenants that are in financial distress as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Valerie Bantner-Payo, bankruptcy lawyer and litigator here at Buckhalter, is with me today to discuss the changes to law that you need to be aware of, especially if you're considering entering into a forbearance agreement with a customer or tenant. First things first, Val, are bankruptcy filings on the rise? And what should our listeners expect in 2021?
1: Thanks, Denise. It may surprise our listeners to hear, but bankruptcy filings were actually slightly down in 2020 as compared with 2019. And when I say down, I'm talking just sheer number of filings. Certainly there were a number of high profile bankruptcy cases that grabbed headlines. We saw a lot of big retailers file bankruptcy in 2020, companies like Neiman Marcus and JCPenney, as well as some uh, gyms and entertainment companies like 24 Hour Fitness and Cirque du Soleil. While you may have read about bankruptcy filings in the newspaper, when you're talking about number of filings, we're actually slightly down. And I think that the reason we saw that is because bankruptcy is incredibly expensive for a company to pursue. And the company is only going to do it if there's a real purpose served. So usually you file bankruptcy to avoid a foreclosure sale, stop imminent collection of a judgment. You want to take advantage of that automatic bankruptcy stay. And in 2020, there were so many government relief programs available to help troubled companies. So I'm thinking PPP loans, moratoria on evictions and foreclosures, Those sorts of government assistance programs really helped troubled companies make it through 2020 without turning to the bankruptcy court. In addition to official programs, many companies implemented informal policies to not aggressively pursue defaults because of the pandemic. In 2021, a lot of those kinds of accommodations are going to stop. Where A vaccine is already being rolled out, so I think all of us are looking forward to shopping and and dining out in restaurants in, in somewhat more of a normal fashion in 2021. The PPP program will end. Those sorts of assistance programs aren't going to be available, which I think is going to result in an uptick in bankruptcy filings in 2021. Denise, our listeners should definitely have bankruptcy on their radar screen, especially with respect to customers or tenants who are experiencing
0: financial distress. Before we talk about these amendments, to the bankruptcy code related to preference actions, let's start at the beginning. Can you give our listeners an explanation of what a preference action is and how it may be affected by these amendments? Absolutely, Denise. When a company files for bankruptcy,
1: any payment that it made to its creditors in the 90 days before the bankruptcy case was filed is subject to recapture, even though that payment was made on account of a completely legitimate payment obligation. And because this concept, I think, is so counterintuitive, the first time you run across it, I'll I'll, I'll repeat myself, which is that the bankruptcy code may require you as a landlord or a, a creditor company to give back a perfectly legitimate payment that you received from your tenant or from your customer if the tenant or customer files bankruptcy within 90 days. And th- there, there is a logical policy purpose behind preference lawsuits. The policy is that the bankruptcy code is trying to equalize treatment among creditors, taking back from those creditors who maybe got more and giving to creditors who got less. So it's sort of like the Robin Hood within the law, uh, recovering from the rich creditor to distribute to the poor creditor. Because the bankruptcy code considers what I'll call the, quote, rich creditor to have been preferred over the so-called poor creditor, that is why these lawsuits are called preference actions.
0: So do all payments that were received during this 90-day preference period automatically have to be given back? It is
1: not automatic, no either the company that has filed bankruptcy or the bankruptcy trustee must first file a lawsuit within the bankruptcy case to recover the supposedly preferential payment. And there are a number of defenses that the company or the landlord can raise uh, in response to a preference claim. And unfortunately, we don't have time today to go through all of those defenses, But I do want to talk about one, because I think it's important once we start to think about the most recent bankruptcy code amendment. And it's called the ordinary course of business defense, because payments received in the ordinary course of business are protected from these preference lawsuits. So what is ordinary? Well, if you're a landlord, your tenant pays rent on the first of each month if you're a vendor your customer pays for goods they've received within 30 days after the invoice is issued those payments are considered ordinary they are protected the problem when you're thinking about a forbearance agreement or some kind of accommodation on on rent or past due payments is that that arrangement is not ordinary so if you think of your tenant who's behind on their rent and you agree to give them another few months and then to catch up. That catch up payment is gonna catch the eye of a bankruptcy trustee or of the company if they file bankruptcy later on because it is outside of the ordinary course. The unfortunate reality of the economic uncertainty that's been caused by COVID-19 is that a later bankruptcy filing by your customer or your tenant is a risk that you have to think about especially since we know the customer or the tenant is coming to you for an accommodation due
0: to financial distress. So how does the preference amendments affect companies or landlords considering COVID-related forbearance agreements?
1: So Denise, the
0: Appropriations Act that
1: was recently passed is a huge piece of legislation it was passed in response to the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it contains a number of components, a portion of which is amendments to the bankruptcy code. And of those amendments, a portion of that is relevant to uh, preference liability. So that that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the preference amendments. So, so what do they do? The the preference amendments are contained in two parallel sections. One that specifically applies to landlords and one that's much broader that applies to sellers of goods and services. And both of those sections have parallel language which protects what the code calls covered payments of arrearages. And so the trick, if you are a landlord or a seller of goods and services, is to do what you can to ensure that any accommodation you're making to a tenant or to a customer is a quote covered payment of an arrearage. So, so what, what does the code do? Well, it has three requirements. Number one, the accommodation agreement uh, has to have been made on or after March 13th of 2020. So that's good news. If you made a deal with your tenant or your customer last year, so long as it it was after March the 13th, the catch up payment is going to be protected. Number two, the repayment can't exceed what would have been due absent the agreement. So you can't charge more, you can't raise the rent. And three, the catch up payment cannot include fees, penalties, or additional interest. The bottom line is that these amendments are designed to encourage companies and landlords to enter into forbearance agreements with their customers and with their tenants by protecting the company or the landlord in the event that there is a later bankruptcy filing.
0: Who should be aware of these amendments?
1: Absolutely, landlords need to know about these amendments. I suspect that the reason that landlords got their own special amendment in the bankruptcy code is because there was A tremendous amount of litigation in 2020, both in civil court and in bankruptcy court over rent obligations as a result of the pandemic and the related shutdown orders. So Congress is, I think, certainly looking to encourage landlords to work with their tenants by providing landlords with this specific protection for catch-up payments. And then the second category, which I mentioned earlier, is Very broad. It's suppliers of goods and services. As long as you have an ongoing contractual relationship with a customer, you're potentially in this category. So, so who is that? Vendors, software licensors, equipment lessors, lenders, really the list goes on. And again, those same companies that are hard hit by local shutdown orders, restaurants, retailers, are struggling to pay their suppliers just like they're struggling to pay their rent.
0: Now that these preference amendments have taken effect, are there any remaining preference risks our listeners should be aware of? Most definitely.
1: The the preference amendments are great in that they have removed a significant risk when you're evaluating a potential forbearance agreement. There's still some nuances that I want to just touch on. First, as I touched on when I described the amendments themselves, only a portion of the deferred payment that meets the definition of a covered payment is going to be protected in the event of a later bankruptcy filing. Any additional fees, penalties, or interest that you might otherwise consider charging is not going to be protected. The landlord or the company who's thinking about a forbearance agreement has a decision to make. If they limit the catch up payment to simply what would have otherwise been due, they can be comfortable that they are not gonna see a preference demand later on. But that means that you're not receiving any compensation for the time value of money for for the risk of non-payment. So a company or a landlord might reasonably think, well, I'm gonna go ahead and charge the late fee, I'm gonna go ahead and charge the interest anyway, and run the risk that later on down the road, that might not be protected if a bankruptcy case is filed. Second, I would point out that the bankruptcy code amendments and specifically the preference amendments do not protect a landlord from an early termination payment that you might wanna collect. Tenants have, have been approaching landlords with respect to ending their leases early. Oftentimes that comes at a price that early termination payment is not protected by the preference amendments. And finally, it's important to remember that these preference amendments included in this recent act sunset in two years. So, this protection is temporary, the actual sunset in December of 2022.
0: You've given us an excellent overview on preference actions and the amendments to the bankruptcy code with respect to these preference actions. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners on the subject?
1: Thanks, Denise. As with any new legislation, it remains to be seen how bankruptcy courts are gonna analyze and apply the preference amendments we've been discussing. For example, it's possible that by adding on a late fee or a penalty to a rent deferral arrangement, the entire payment might fall outside of the protection of this new law. I think that's an overly harsh way of reading it, but I wouldn't be surprised if a company in bankruptcy or a bankruptcy trustee makes that argument. And we're just going to have to wait and see how the courts respond and apply these new sections. I also mentioned that the act sunsets in December of 2022. That means that unless those preference amendments are extended, In order for a repayment to fall within the protection of the amendments, the payment needs to be made before the end of September of 2022. That's next year, which really isn't that far away. So this is really a short-term modification to the law. The bottom line is that analyzing preference risk is incredibly complex, and our conversation today really just scratches the surface. If you're considering a payment deferral plan with a customer or a tenant that is experiencing financial distress as a result of the pandemic, or if you've received a preference demand or a preference lawsuit, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us here at the Business Law Roundtable at Buckhalter for assistance in analyzing those
0: complex issues. Thank you, Valerie. If any of our listeners have questions or comments on the preference issues that we've discussed today, feel free to email us at businesslawroundtable at com. Thank you very much.